Hi, welcome back. This is Brian Maddox. I'm your host. With me today is Rocco Baldessare from Zebra, Zebra Advertisement. Welcome, Rocco. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure being here with you. Um, so, Rocco, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get into some of the meat and potatoes of what we got here, but uh, if you could give the audience a little bit of background, uh, that'll help us before we get started. Of course. Uh, I'm Italian. You probably guys can hear that from my accent here. Uh, I've been... Um, <laughs> in digital marketing for 13 years right now. Uh, I moved to the US seven years ago. Uh, I was on Forbes 30 under 30 for marketing and advertising, which actually helped me move permanently to the US. So very grateful for that. And yeah, I pretty much do marketing day in and day out. That's my life. How, <laughs> so, so first off, I mean, there's natural questions, right? Um, that uh, 30 under 30 is uh, tremendous. How did the work you're doing in marketing lead to that uh, lead to that uh, achievement? Well, like uh, one of the things that I've always done working in marketing was a little bit of a different approach. I felt that marketers, uh, if they're so good at marketing, why don't they have their own products, their own companies? So with time, I start getting small investments in other firms and I use my marketing skills to grow them, right? So I created quite of a unique business model for the marketing niche where I use marketing also to grow my own businesses. And I guess Forbes saw that as a differentiator and with the results I've generated, they contacted me to apply for the 30 under 30 and to my surprise, I was make, able to make the list as number two for 2018. So I guess uh, I used the right approach there. Well, uh, congratulations on that. That's awesome, uh, first and foremost. And then um, I guess that leads us to the natural next question. Where is um, where is marketing going? I mean, you've you've got this achievement under your belt now. You're you're obviously you know pushing the the boundaries here as a leader. What? Um, where do you think it's going and, and what are the things that people need to get in front of right now to be successful? Well, I think that marketing is going to change and is changing. First things first, uh, we can look at it on our day-to-day. -day, you know, If you look at Google AdWords, Facebook advertising, Bing advertisement, everything is moving toward automation, which is making most of the marketing positions redundant over time. However, automation doesn't mean that there is no need of marketing people. Where does the need come in? The need comes in from a strategic standpoint. So I think marketers need to become strategists. They need to be the one coming up with the perfect way to make a business work. Uh, as part of what I have evolved over time, my company has evolved, we actually like to think of ourselves like you are hiring a part-time CMO or a part-time C-level executives because we don't look at marketing from the standpoint of you need a lead or you need a sale. We look at marketing as in this is your organization. Let's make sure every piece of the organization is working properly because if you generate the traffic but there is some broken component, you are not going to be able to have a successful marketing campaign, particularly in competitive industries, right? So when we come in, we come in from a completely different angle than most companies. We understand the business of the client 100%. Having invested in a lot of companies forced me to have that point of view as well, because now it's not about, oh, you're getting the conversion, but what if that conversion is not converting to a client? You're wasting money, right? So that's where I think marketing is shape-shifting to. 
And I think there is no way it's ever going to go back with all the automations that are happening and will keep happening. Let's talk about automation for a second. What What's kind of happening now and where do you see that going in the next couple of years? Well, in the next couple of years, to give you a very concrete example, I think Google is going to get rid of match types for keywords. Everything is going to be broad match and it's going to decide what to serve based on data you collect. Once you do that, the need for optimization is going to be minimal. So why would a company spend five grand a month to hire somebody to manage their AdWords unless they bring something else on the table? So everything is going to move toward quote-unquote marketing for dummies because we need to keep something in mind, guys. The first companies that want for a business to be successful are Google, Facebook, and all the other major platforms out there. Why do they want that? Because unless the clients make money, they are not going to make money with advertising. So they will do everything in their power to make it as easy as possible for any company to make profits. Now, you still are not going to make profits if your business is not set up the right way. That's where the new marketers come in place. But those marketers need far more advanced skills than what's needed today. But it's inevitable that it's going to go there because those major companies, they want to make profits. They want to make money. And that's a natural way to make it easier for clients to make money. That platform automation, essentially Google and the major platforms clawing back the ability to customize and tailor your advertising. That That is a, a good example on the advertising side. What about the marketing side? What about the rest of the marketing sort of uh, environment? How is that expected to change in the next couple of years? We already saw a lot of content with uh, there's a chat GPT like kind of tools, right? Where now chat GPT can give you a good base to start writing articles with, so less need of a writer. Now writers are becoming consultants that optimize and shape shift that content, right? So email marketing uh, is somewhat uh, customized, but we already saw platforms that allow you know, to have templates like Claudio or uh, MailChimp. So it kind of moves toward, um, it, it, the easiest comparison is probably pr manufacturing. Manufacturing became so expensive and people moved offshore, right? They went to China. In marketing, automation can be seen as China in this case. People are going to go there because they're going to be more profitable doing that. Everybody is. And once you become more profitable, you cut down on costs that you don't need anymore. So when it comes to um, marketers, they now need to provide a service that you cannot replace with these automations. So, and I think that applies across the board on every marketing position. Uh, and I think it creates an even ground for firms but again, the strategic role is going to become crucial because if you're really good at doing that part, you're always going to get a client. You're going to go, always going to have business, actually better business. Right. You also now have, since it's so much easier to generate content or you know create effective advertising, you're going to have a glut of it, which is going to put some pressure on content creators to make content that stands out from the rest of the, the sort of automated stuff. How do you think that's going to, to play out in terms of that, you know, not only are there going to be fewer content creators that are directly creating content, they're more using the AI, and also the fact that content may double in volume. Uh, how do you stand out in an environment like that? 
think is gonna go down to excellence, right? Um, whenever like you approach your job, you know, you can either say, oh, that's my nine to five. I just do that to make my money. But there are some people like I believe yourself, right? Like you're doing this podcast, you're putting effort, they're trying to strive for excellence. These people are the one that are going to do very well in that environment. So technically it's gonna, um, in my opinion, remove the people that are just there to make their quick buck. But for the people that really are passionate about their jobs, they're gonna innovate. They're gonna strive for higher levels of excellence. So I think it's actually going to make the talent available more valuable for businesses. And it's going to get rid of all the people that are not really serious about that job, right? And it's not necessarily bad because most likely they would have changed career path anyway, right? So I think it's just going to improve the overall uh, average skill set of the people that are going to be following a certain career path. So as you start moving from this uh, lower level Let's say what what folks were doing, you know, four, three, four, five years ago, creating, you know, content and the strategy, and you move to that strategic level exclusively. Um, obviously, there's not going to be as much need for those folks. Uh, there's going to be a, a situation where we've got more marketing, more marketing people in the world than we need. How do you expect that that's going to evolve and change? probably gonna uh, it's gonna be a generational change where less people are gonna pursue marketing careers right we have seen it pro- many times throughout history right uh, let's just think about uh, jobs that we had 20 years ago that they became redundant now uh, that's how you know evolution brings different interest in people based on what's on demand so I think automation and technology is going to pretty much do the same thing, right? It's going to be that the next people that go to college or the next people that are going to look for a career, they're going to look at what career they want to do. And they can say like, okay, if I want to be a marketer, there can be many and not all of them are good and only the best ones succeed. What's my chance of succeeding there? Uh, Just look at uh, the world of influencers, right? 20 years ago, you wouldn't be like, oh, I want to become famous. Like, you know, that it's probably very hard. Now there is a little bit more chance, right? So people try more, try more that path. I just feel that it's going to be something where people are going to think twice before following that path, which is okay, right? You want people that are motivated and that are good at their job. I think it's simply going to shape shift what people will in the future consider for their career. What advice would you give somebody that's just, you know, just graduated college for marketing? How would you direct them now? Strive for excellence. You know, Uh, when I started my company, I was just graduating. Right. And I'm the kind of person that if he doesn't know something perfectly, he will not sell that thing. Like I need to be the best at what I do, or at least try my best to be the best at what I do, because there is nobody that's the best at what they do, right? There is always somebody better or they know something different or a different approach. So if you want to uh, follow up and like pursue a career in marketing, you need to try to be your best. Otherwise you're going to have a job that doesn't pay enough, like with any jobs, right? Like you're going to be never being promoted or you're never going to achieve the results you want. So 
you always need to try to be your best, particularly in a field that when I started, there was really little tech. So technically, I had to train and update myself. And then GA4 came up. You need to train and update yourself. This is not a career where you can be mediocre, particularly with the changes that are happening. So always try for the best, and then you know you're going to do well. Um, if we can switch gears a little bit, what um, what solutions are working right now that are surprising you in the marketing space? So what I've figured out is that when it comes to marketing nowadays, um, and that's something that shocked me initially because you go to business school, right? And they teach about all of these complex operations, how business work and all departments. And then I got working in the real world with all of these things in my mind and none of that was the case. None of that. And it came. I came to the realization that what surprises me the most day in and day out is that the simplest, the most obvious things that every business should do is where the biggest opportunities are because no matter how big a company is, you're always going to find something that you can improve. And of course, when a, when a company that makes 10 things that are obvious wrong, you're going to make a huge difference in that company. On a, and to give an example, uh, I was working with a company that sells a product. They wanted to sell it as a membership. I cannot tell you the product, I have an NDA, but let's just say that I told them, I don't think you're going to do well at all because there is a competitor that has been around for 60 years. Why on earth should you buy your membership? And he was like, oh, you don't know anything about my business. He hired another company, very, very famous company in the US, probably one that is considered the best in what I do. Uh, one year, no results, like very, very poor results. He comes back to me and he was like, you know, maybe you were right. I shouldn't do memberships. I should do one-off services because there is a competitor that already does that for 20 years. I was like, yeah, I told you last year, right? Now, this client of mine has been a client for eight years. They're the largest in the US, even larger than that competitor, and they do one-off service. So one issue, which was not considering the competitive landscape, the brand value of your customer, people are more willing to give you one try rather than committing to a year. All of a sudden, making that change. And the company that my marketing probably is as good as the marketing of the other company because we are both competent. So that wasn't the problem. The problem was within the business. But the difference was I look at the company from a business standpoint, not from a marketing standpoint. And that's the one thing that the biggest opportunity is operational issues or conceptual issues within a company. So, so scalability obviously is clearly a problem there. And how they're approaching the market space, right, is is a big issue. Um, what are some red flags that you guys are using when you do that initial client engagement to say, yeah, this person's not doesn't get it or is it in the right spot? How do you know what that looks like uh, when you're doing those initial meetings? That's a tough part. What we usually do is um, when I have client calls also with leads, I'm not the kind of person that makes everything looks good to sign and then brings the problem. I tell you where I think the issues are, risking to lose the customer. Every time they become defensive, meaning that yes, but, yes, but, and it's okay to disagree with me, but you can disagree by saying, 
I see your point, but here is why we did that. That's a completely different mindset. One mindset is I'm defensive. That's how I want to do it. The other one is I'm open-minded, but let me explain you why I did this. That tells me how flexible a customer is to feedback and to make making everything possible to let the product succeed. That's probably the biggest red flag I can think of. So have you ever had a client engagement workout where you've been able to get past that? Uh, usually, yes. We always get past that because like one of the things that I like about myself is that I'm pretty relatable. But usually those relationships also when they pass that, at some point they break, but not for anything else rather than, you know, everybody. I actually recommend my clients to keep interviewing companies periodically because I want them to know what other what's out there because most likely they're going to hear completely different things while mine work so i always tell them also that because if there is a client that uh, we are not 100 on the same level they can try someone else that they get along with right most of the times they come back to me after a year because i tell them it's tough love right i tell them what i think is really going on but yes i'm every company loses clients. And most of the times I lose client is whenever somebody tells me they're willing to change and then uh, really takes too many hours of work with the developer. So in that case, you know, it doesn't work out. Rocco, it's been outrageously uh, insightful. Some of your stuff that you've brought to the table today. How do, um, uh, who do you, who's a great sort of um, uh, referral for you? Um, and how would you recommend that they reach out? If they want to reach out, uh, my LinkedIn is probably the perfect place. Uh, they look up my name. My photo is there because my email is unpronounceable. It's very long, so I'm not going to spend 25 minutes spelling it out. Uh, and literally, like anybody that has a question, that wants to say, okay, I want to scale up my business or do you think my business can improve? I always jump on calls. I don't charge. And if there is anything that you say, okay, I think we can work together. We can, otherwise good advice for you. I'm very easy going from that standpoint. And uh, in your journey here to, you know, the Forbes success and beyond, uh, what are the three biggest things you picked up in your travels so far? So uh, let's just say I lived probably in 15 countries prior to moving to the US and I, I picked bit of pieces of everything, right? The, the most important thing that I learned is you need to learn how to be compassionate, both with your clients and the people that work for you. Reason being that we always forget that we are talking to other human beings and uh, a client sometimes might be mean to you, but it might be mean because he's a human being, he's worried about something, right? So always being compassionate brings you way better results than being aggressive, mean, or anything else. Uh, my employees never remember of me raising my voice or being rough to them because you can give the same exact feedback with this tone of voice rather than being passive aggressive, right? That's for sure number one. As for number two, uh, as probably I mentioned earlier, continuous improvement. Uh, you need to always try to achieve to be the best at what you do. You never need to settle uh, because remember, this is a world that is globalized and there is always going to be somebody that is hungrier than you are. So you need to remember that you need to keep eating and keep growing. And probably if I want to think about the third one is uh, 
always make sure uh, that your career is important, but you need clear mind to do your job well. So sacrificing little pleasures for work, it seems like a worth an effort worth doing because it's going to help you grow your business, but it actually clouds your mind. The best ideas come to you when you are having fun or relaxing. So always make sure to have time for that because it's actually a good return on the investment. I just launched the company uh, a week ago. Uh, we are like in the infant phase and the idea came to me while I was playing soccer. I was literally kicking the ball around and I was like, damn, I need to do this. We launched last week. We already got three clients and it was a simple idea, but it came while playing soccer. That's great. That's great. Thank you again so much for your time today, Rocco. It has been a delight speaking with you. Uh, please definitely check back in with us uh, as your career progresses. Thank you so much, Brian. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.